What is up, Yappa fam? Avil Easter here with Yappa238.com, and welcome to the Yappa Solid Podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about being young, being apostolic, taking that power and putting it into action. Firestarters, I have a question for you. Is spiritual authority and the talk surrounding it, particularly how to use the name of Jesus and prayer and stuff like that, does that kind of, do you have any like questions about that? Because like, I don't really know how it works. And I'm talking about me personally. Like I didn't know until um, just a, a few months ago, I was kind of doing a TOTD and stumbled across this idea um, that really helped me understand it. But before then, I didn't really get it. Like, I knew I could use it. And there's times where I pray for people and, you know, there's things that happen, you know, whether, you know, you wake up and there's some weird, odd, non-godly presence in the room and use the name of Jesus, the authority that God has given you to drive it out. Like, I understand that. I know how I know how to use it, but I don't know how it works. And sometimes, at least for me, I know when I understand how things work, I can use it better, right? Almost like a car when you understand how it works. You can drive it better. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, nowadays anyone can get into a car. I mean, even as much as the Tesla put in your destination and autopilot will take you there, you know, or there's an automatic transmission. And so you can just get in the car, kind of push the gas and hit the brake and stuff like that. But when you really understand how the car works, you can drive it better, have better performance, better gas mileage or whatever. Right. And so understanding how spiritual authority works in the spirit world. Right. It tends to help us. um you know, in our natural to, well, to understand it. So then we can then apply it in the spiritual and grow. And, uh, yeah. So, um, sorry, uh, it's kind of late. It's about 10 Oh nine on a Sunday night at the recording, uh, or at the time of this recording. So I'm a little, I'm very tired actually. Um, I woke up at like three 30 or something prayed, but, um, anyway, uh, so I'm just kind of a little out of, out of it. So it's probably not going to flow like too well, but I want to give you this. I need your guys feedback because I want to know if this is a really good way to demonstrate and to um, exemplify or bring an example of what ha- what is really going on in the spirit world into our natural so we can understand it, right? So please let me know uh, if this helps. Would you mind doing that for me? Thanks. Awesome. So here we go. Okay. So the best way, one of the best ways to think about spiritual authority, um, at least from what I've been kind of toying with in my head and how to use the name of Jesus and everything um, associated with that is uh, is a security guard. Okay, <laughs> this is kind of weird, but um, you know, remember when the centurion goes to Jesus? Or centurion, his uh, I believe it was centurion, his servant was sick, and so he goes to Jesus and he says, "Hey, Jesus, I need you to just speak the word." I'm a man under authority. I I have people under me. I tell him to go here and he goes there and this guy to go that way and he goes that way. And I know that if you speak the word, my servant would be healed. You don't even have to come to my house. And Jesus is like, wow, well, this is amazing faith. And he turns to the audience and says, I've not found any faith like this. Right. And he, uh, he, you know, uh, commends the centurion's faith. Right. And so kind of keeping in line of the military, um, or, you know, procedures given like that, or, you know, organizations that operate that way, I begin to think, I'm like, okay, so if this centurion is saying that, then maybe we can find, you know, other areas in life where, you know, we could see this same thing. And the place that I've seen it, like I said, a security guard, right? And I was thinking, you know, as a 20, 
well, now 23, a 23-year-old young man, um, there's times where I have uh, talked with security guards, have been approached by security guards, you know, because I'm recording a video and, you know, behind a, a major uh, <laughs> a major uh, department store or something like that. And they come up just to check things out, you know, kind of seems a little suspicious, got a camera, you know, you know, I can understand from their perspective. And so, uh, you know, and, and there's times I know young men generally, um, you know, especially when there's that that height of uh, testosterone where they like, you know, ready to, you know, go at life and stuff like that. And sometimes, you know, young men could be kind of edgy. And so when a security guard approaches, you know, me or, you know, I've seen a, a security guard approach a group of guys, there's this this challenge, right? And I'm not saying that comes from me per se. I'm, I'm generally more of a docile kind of individual, but um, it kind of depends on how they approach. Sometimes they approach rough. And so, you know, you don't, you know, back down, uh, cow down, I guess you would say, you know, you just come, you know, respectfully, um, but with uh, knowing who you are, right? And so, you know, when a security guard approaches, it's very interesting because I've had personal experience and I've no, you know, I've talked to security guards and they've had other experiences and I've talked to friends and they've had experiences and stuff like that. And when a security guard approaches, there's a few things that I feel for first, okay? Where is he coming from, you know, and how is he coming? If he comes with, uh, you know, like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, okay, well, calm down, you know, I'm just over here recording a video, it's, you know, say, okay. Um, or if it's not, just let me know and I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, delete the video, whatever. Um, and sometimes they go, hey, you know, hey, what's going on? I just saw you over here, this and this and that. And then it's a more amicable conversation. Well, that security guard, it was very interesting to me because when I begin to look at the security guard, I'm not necessarily looking at the badge as much as I'm looking at who that person represents. Okay, that individual, that security guard is securing a premises. Maybe they, you know, are represent a grocery store and the the um, security for that grocery store. Maybe they represent a mall or a an auto dealership, right? Maybe they they represent something, right? And there was a time where I was at a pretty high end hotel within my local area. You know, average uh, room stay is probably like $350, $400 a night. And we were recording a video in there and we were approached by a security guard. And it was very interesting because the way I responded to this security guard was a lot more respectful, uh, you know, a little bit more authoritative um, than it was, you know, other security guards that, you know, were at, you know, a department store or something like that. And I began to think back and I was like, okay, you know what? That's kind of interesting because this security guard represented a company that I have respect for. In general, I respect and, you know, I, I admire um, high-end companies or companies that have like, you know, multi-billion dollar valuations and stuff like that. And this just, just so happened to be a hotel chain that had that. And so I, I approached him with that respect, a higher level of respect, right? And I treated him um, differently than I treated the other security guard that was kind of more so guarding the, or being a security guard for the, um, for this, you know, a, a mall or whatever it was. Right. And though I still gave respect, I was respectful and make sure I had good, you know, absolute colloquial character. I had more respect for the one who was representing a higher brand, right? A bigger brand, a bigger company, a company that is more renowned, a, a company that, you know, isn't just the, the run of the mill, 
hotel chain, right? And so I began to think about that. And I was like, huh, you know, that that's very interesting. That security guard didn't, in my eyes, represent himself. He wasn't representing Joe or Jim or, you know, he, he was representing this particular hotel chain. And that's when things started kind of, you know, the clock started turning in my head. I was like, uh, you know what? I think that's kind of how things work in, in, in the spiritual, in the supernatural. You know, because when I speak in the authority of the name of Jesus, I'm, I, I, I'm sure that I'm, because I'm, I'm covered by his blood. I wonder, this is kind of what I was thinking to myself, if any other supernatural force outside of God, his angels, and, you know, his children, if they recognize not necessarily my own authority, though I, that's not you do not enter the spirit world, you know, flexing with yourself. Okay, you do not do that. Do not do that. Please don't. But I was thinking, and I was like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's more so that I'm a, I'm a, 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 a how would you say an arm of God, a child of God, covered in the blood of Jesus. Therefore, when I operate in the spirit, in the name of Jesus, I'm covered and my authority as a human being is not recognized, thankfully, because that stuff doesn't work in the spirit. What is then recognized, right? And I'm pretty sure, that's what I'm thinking, it's the authority of God that's recognized, right? So I begin to think about that. And I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense because you know, at least what it, you know, how it parallels natural with someone as low as a security guard, right? And then I began to think of the military, the natural United States military. And I was like, yeah, when I see a soldier dressed in this in his full outfit, whatever, and he's walking down the way, I do not see, like, I see it's an individual, yes, but I also see the United States. I see an extension of the United States of America, because that individual does not belong to himself as he's serving in the military. He is government property. Therefore, if anything happens to him or anyone tries to harm him or attack him, they're attacking the United States military. And the United States will bring uh, uh, repercussions to him based off of not him as a citizen, but him as property of the United States of America. Right. And I was thinking, like, OK, that makes sense. And then I started looking at the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, there's a pretty interesting scenario. There's some people who are seeing the miraculous power of God flowing through the disciples. And they're like, dude, this is pretty tight. Like, we should, we should go try this. And so they go to a man who's possessed of the devil. And, you know, they say, uh, I adjure you in the, in, the name that, uh, in the name of Jesus that Paul preacheth, right? He tried to cast out the devil in the name of Jesus, but they didn't have the covering. And so the devils within these, this man turned to them. This is the sons of Sceva. And um, he says to him, he said, well, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? And then that man, or the devils within that man, commenced to attacking the the sons of Sceva, sent them away, wounded and naked, running from this demoniac. Well, I was thinking about that, and I was like, huh, the devils, they said, you know, Paul, I know, or Jesus, I know, Paul, I know. And why do they know Jesus? Well, because Jesus got manifest in the flesh. And why do they know Paul? Because Paul spent time with Jesus. You know, pa- Paul was property of Jesus. 
kind of like how a United States soldier is property of the United States, right? And any soldier for that matter. They're property. They belong to a governing factor that is greater than me, okay? Or some, you know, let's use a, a, a bad guy named Matt. You know, hopefully no one's listening you know, named Matt, right? Matt gets mad at the United States military guy and, you know, tries to attack him, right? Well, if Matt, you know, like I said, the repercussions would fall on Matt, right? Not coming from Jim, the soldier that he attacked, but from the United States as a, as a military entity as a whole. Therefore, the, like I said, the, the ramifications are greater, the repercussions are, are worse, for Matt, you know, it's better off that he messed with someone else instead of property of the United States government, right? And so I begin to think of this, and I'm like, oh, wait a second. No, I think things are, I'm figuring things out, figuring things out. Not that I figured them out, I'm figuring them out. I'm like, wow. So that means when I stand up and raise up in the spirit during a prayer meeting or, you know, coming out of sleep, Oh, God, I hope nothing happens, right? <laughs> in Jesus' name. But when I wield the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus is a covering over me. And I am a slave and property of God Almighty. Now, because of that, he goes to the defense and he gives power and authority to the, the, those who are under him. And authority flows down. So it goes from God to the man of God in your life, from the pastor to the saints, right? And it just flows beautifully, kind of like the general and the commanders and all that stuff. You know, a United States soldier has a has someone, you know, who's over him. I don't know all the terms and names and stuff like that, even though I have man, a lot of family. <laughs> I came from a military background, my grandfather on my dad's side, grandfather on my mom's side, my uncle served, my stepdad served 10 years. I mean, just like I have so many, I don't know all that stuff, right? Uh, like lieutenants and generals and stuff like that. But, but you know, there's, there's, um, there's always like, okay, so a soldier has, you know, there's maybe five of them that look up to one person as their leader. And that one person is amongst another five leaders who look up to another leader. And that leader is amongst, you know, five or 10 or 15 people who look up to this leader all the way up to you get to the president of the United States, right? Just goes up the chain of command. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, so that's how things work. You know, things work, I would imagine, in the spirit, right? And this is, you know, valid, being validated by a lot of stuff I heard preached, right? In my head, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Then, I thought, well, what if someone begins to act out? Someone who is in that chain of that flow of authority, if someone begins to act out um, beyond the parameters of what is right for someone who is United States government property, begin to think, like, wow, okay, D- does the now the US <laughs> does come in sometimes to save soldiers who have acted out, right? <clears throat> they come to save them. They'll like, you know, bail them out of jail or whatever because they're U.S. property. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, okay, so in order to stay, but if they, okay, sorry, let's back up. If they act like really out of line, then the U.S. has to let them go, right? The military has to let them go. 
And so if the flow of authority starts from the head down, if at any point we step out of bounds, right, and the bounds and the parameters are, is like the word that is set up, the rules that are set up, right? If we step out of bounds, we may jeopardize our position and we may jeopardize the flow of authority, okay? So if we're, you know, if we worked up the ranks spiritually and we're generals and we're commanders, that's more so pastors and evangelists and apostles, right? Bishops and deacons and, you know, uh, all that. If we work to that level, we have a greater responsibility. And if we work to having spiritual power, that is, you know, gifts, miracles, signs and wonders, if we work to that level where we can operate in those gifts, right? Uh, we have a great responsibility to stay in line. And that brought me back to some of the things I've heard in the military and just reading their literature and stuff for a better understanding as to how to move about my own personal life. Humility is a great factor, one of the greatest factors in, the, in any organization's success, particularly in the United States military, because it's crazy to, to find these principles, but a lot of the principles that are biblical we find within our military. Not doctrine and stuff like that, but humility, okay? Another thing, unity, okay? Being mission-orientated, right? One member doing his or her part and focusing on doing their part to the best of their ability. I remember, you know, somewhere written in the good book, in the Bible, um, the Bible teaches us that it's not wise to compare ourselves one to another, right? That we're a body fitly framed together. We all have our own place and, and thing to do, our own duty, our own mission, but it all focuses on the, the core, which is the kingdom of God being spread abroad in this earth. The ear can't be jealous of the eye and the eye can't be jealous of the knee and the knee can't be jealous of the elbow. We all have our own way in the body of Christ. So I'm looking at these principles. I'm like, wow, they're pretty, they're pretty straight, straight on. And so I begin to think, well, if one person is, you know, slacking or someone gets too much power and there's too much ego, there's too much pride, there's too much arrogance, then sometimes that particular member could be ejected out of the body, right? Or let's say this, that particular general or commander could be ejected out of the military and the plans and everything like that. So I have to be careful to do what? Stay submitted. The, the general who runs out and, and isn't submitted to anybody or the commanding officer who's you know, not submitted to anyone, he just goes, does his own thing, a lot of times gets in peculiar situations where they end up dying or forfeiting. And there's some times where, you know, they, they make it through, but it's, there's more times where people, lives are lost unnecessarily because someone had too big of an ego and want to do it themselves. Well, I'll just tell you, friend, we're, we're sitting ducks in the spirit without the covering of God. And so if you get out of spiritual alignment, it's just a matter of time before you're toast. You're gone. So we have to be careful to stay in that flow. And then it goes back to our lives. Now, I'll just be transparent. I'll say something that's super not as popular. Okay, young people, 
who have parents in church, okay? Your number one priority is being submitted to them. Your parents, your mama, your daddy who's in church, that's your number one priority because that's what the word teaches. We're going to go Bible-based now, not based off our ideas or philosophies or anything, right? That's your, for, if you can't submit to your parents, you're not going to submit to any other spirit, any other authority figure after that. Whether it's your pastor, church leader, youth pastor, bishop. If you can't get it right with your parents, and I'm not talking about certain situations where parents aren't in church or, you know, things are going on. I'm just, if, if for the, the majority, the general, you know, maybe you're second, third, fourth, fifth generation. If you're not submitted to your parents, you got, you got to, you got to check, you got to check some things out, okay? Um, then, your pastor, right? You know, I know there's youth pastors and stuff like that and, you know, or youth leaders and things like that. Those are people that the pastor has given authority because the, a greater authority, God, has moved on your, in nine times out of ten, has moved on your spiritual authority, your pastor, to go in and set these people up. Right to help lead the church, right? Okay, so you are submitted to them. Okay, you stay submitted. This is why the, the importance of a of a humble, submitted spirit, teachable spirit as well. So pastors set them up, but they don't operate in their authority. They operate in the authority of the pastor. That's why they can tell you, hey, you know, hey, let's let's move away from. You know, that kind of dark area of the room. Let's get that crowd out of there. You know what I'm saying? Come this way. They're not operating in their authority. They're operating in the authority that the pastor has given them. So they're operating as an extension of pastor. So pastor's telling you, hey, come on. Let's get it. Let's, let's get out of there. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to be over there. Or let's not tell those jokes. Or let's not say those things. Or, hey, you know, change the song because the song isn't really, you know, edifying and, and glorifying God like that. Okay, and I know those are all things young people do not like to hear. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, like, I know for firsthand experience. Then you get the backlash, the kickback. You're like, dude, come on, just do it. Anyway, so, all right, um, all things I had to do before, personally. Um, but they're not operating as, an, as in, the, in their own authority. They're operating in the authority that pastor's given them, right? And so you're submitted to them, yes. And then you're submitted to pastor, Okay. Now, because there's wisdom and there's experience and there's all these different things that pastor has, when he tells you to do something, you may want to listen. Excuse me. You may want to listen. Okay. Because pastor's not operating in his own authority. Why? Because pastor has pastors. (laughs) Pastor has a bishop. Right. Or maybe, you know, five or six bishops that he answers to. Right. And so that's, and you don't even know who those are, those people are, right? Pastor is submitted. That's the only way he got to where he was at. And you know those bishops that he answers to? They answer to other bishops, right? And it just keeps going on. Now, like I was kind of explaining to my younger brothers, they're like, wait, how can, you know, this particular man of God who's in his mid-70s, you know, how could he have a pastor? And it's like, well, it's not an age deal. It's a submission deal. Because there's one, God gives his authority to the church, to the body of Christ, right? And because of that, authority can flow. Authority can flow because God gives it to the, the Christ and Jesus and God and all that stuff, right? So, and it flows, right? It flows. So, 
it's, it's just, it's, I don't know exactly how to end this, but it's just interesting to think. Um, I guess I'll kind of point out the highlights. So, you know, when you're going about living for God, if you kind of didn't really understand that whole like spiritual authority, that's kind of a synopsis of what it really is. You know, parallel it, parallel it yeah, to the military. You know, you have you have one like central power. Okay, I remember this is really random, but I watched a video on who owns the moon. And at the end, the conclusion of the 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 video was, um, you know, pretty much uh, whoever has the greatest military force and power that can exercise their will, right? Because they have the most military force, um, they get to own the moon. No one really owns the moon. We have a flag up there. I mean, but <clears throat> um, no one really owns the moon. Anyway, so if someone wants to colonize it, then you know it just be who has the most power to say that this is ours. You know, and uh, I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, so if that's in the spirit world, you have God Almighty who has all the power, and yet He gives us op- He gives us the opportunity to operate within His name, which is which has all the power. So we can go into scenarios spiritually, and you know, and walk in those scenarios and have authority because of the name of Jesus, because we don't operate in our own power; we operate in His power. Because we're little soldiers for Christ, right? And then I'm in the army of the Lord, right? So because of that, we get to operate, right? And I think that's, um, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I was thinking. And I was like, wow. And I don't want to say, it's, oh, that's just what I was thinking. No, but I finally, I feel like I finally got it, guys. Like, I think I, I finally got the understanding. And so there's that literally after after that point, I'll tell you a quick testimony um, because the devil got kicked in the butt, even though I don't want this to happen again. <laughs> anyway, so, um, I won't tell you the full scenario. It was like a little creepy, but, um, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Actually, there was a time where I felt God got mad at me because I was, I was fearful. I was scared. And ever since that time, I've been pushing off the, the, the fear, you know, but, um, anyway, uh, so I remember pretty much, long story short, I woke, I wake up in the middle of the night and there's this really not good presence in the room. And I was kind of scared. No, I wasn't scared. It was more like, like, it wasn't fearful, but it, it, it was thick. Mm-hmm. It was thick. And I had to pray. And I had to get in the authority of God. I had to get, and I was praying and praying and praying. And where the Holy Ghost coming in, the Holy Ghost, it, but it, but it was a fight. It was it was pretty weird. It was pretty strange, pretty strange experience. And I remember, I was like, no, I got, I have the name of Jesus. It cannot fail. And I'm going to wield His name in this battle, because His authority has already won. His authority has been demonstrated throughout the heavens. When one third of the angels fell, his authority has been demonstrated throughout all of time and no devil in hell can stop his power. So when I step into the authority and remind hell, I get my little camo pants on and get my boots on and uh, I, I grab my little military jacket now i grab my spiritual m4 m16 when i step into spiritual warfare i do not represent avial 
I was about to get my last or my middle name out, Aviel Easter. I don't represent him because he kind of sucks, man. He has all these ups and downs and <laughs> God's still working on him. But I represent the authority of the kingdom of God. And when I use the name of Jesus, I represent the authority of the man from Galilee that walked upon this earth 2,020-ish years ago. And when he stepped to the bow of the ship, under his authority, the waves became calm and the storm subsided in an instant. So I use his authority in my little bedroom and things are going to change. When I lay my hands on the sick, it's not that I'm laying my hands and because I prayed so much and I fasted so much and you know that I, I I am entitled to a miracle. No, it's not that. I step into the authority of God. I go ahead and get my Navy SEAL attire on and my little sniper rifle and I get over there and I'm I'm about to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I speak his name, there is power and there is a dominion that enters the room because God Almighty has subject everything to under his feet. He's brought it all. He left, he led captivity captive. Hmm. Therefore, nothing can take you captive. Right? So if you're captive, if you're captive to lust or a captive to fear, or a captive to unbelief or a captive to depression or anxiety or something, something's not right spiritually because we're promised victory. What's not right spiritually? And maybe that we're not exercising spiritually. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much much power. So could we not be living in victory because <laughs> we're not prayed up? We're not spiritual. We're doing things carnally. I understand mental illness. But I... Eh, ah. I, uh, I want to say something. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it. I don't think the disciples struggled with that stuff. You know? And so if we could model the disciples who modeled Jesus. So if we could model Jesus, I think that a lot of that stuff could go. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Um. Anyway, so I just want to record this um, kind of little podcast, little deal. Um you know, kind of to hopefully convey to you, uh, my fire starting friend, um, like seriously, it's the stuff that's that, like, I think it, that's how things work because when I'm submitted to my pastor, when I'm submitted to my parents, spiritual authority flows. You cannot change the laws of God. God, you cannot change the laws of God. You cannot change the laws of God. I'm thinking like a whole bunch of stuff flooding through mind. You can't change the laws of God. So you can operate in spiritual authority. You can use the weapons of spiritual authority. You know, the spiritual, you know, AK-47 of 
prophecy, the gifts, right? The nine gifts of the spirit, the power tools and the weapons, right? You can use those, but you need to be submitted because the only way you're not going to, the enemy is not going to be able to get you is if you stay submitted because authority flows down. So all you young guys like myself, like I, I love, you know, gifts of the spirit. Yes. You know, but I don't want it if it comes at a cost of me not being submitted. Because I'd rather be covered with the blood of Jesus and have a covering where devils can't touch me, you know, then um, I'm not saying you won't get you won't fight battles. No, but they can't, you know, their rounds shouldn't be able to kill you. Right. And I know things happen, you know, <laughs> the, the, the game is is trying to prevent fratricide or a blue on blue or friendly fire. Pretty much. That's Okay, it's late. I need to hurry up and end this. <laughs> That's the thing. How do we, I'm sorry, guys. How do we prevent? Oh, man, that was funny. Okay. Whew, I'm, just, I'm really trying not to continue to laugh, but how do we prevent, you know, <clears throat> fratricide? Anyway, so yeah, I just kind of want to set that out there because <laughs> I think it's a really, really easy way to understand spiritual authority. So don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Stay prayed up. That's why you need to stay prayed up. You need, it's, it's like mandatory to stay prayed up. Now I'm working on, like I told you guys before, I'm working on getting you guys like every single thing that you could possibly need in order to, to live a thriving, dynamic, powerful, virtually practically bulletproof prayer life. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get you guys to the place to where like you, you, you'd be so powerful powerfully used. I got to tell more testimonies of when the Holy Ghost would move through me by the power of God and his glory uh, in, in altar call ministries and stuff like that. There's literally a season of life where I was so in tune with the Holy Ghost. I literally stepped into the church building and caught the spirit of the man, the evangelist that was in the room. I remember this was before I was like, whoa, something's here. And I walked and I, like, I had to go to the bathroom, make sure I'm all put together so I can worship right. And, you know, praying and everything. So I got and I literally, as I opened the door, I felt a breeze coming through. And I was like, whoa, someone brought something else. There's a different spirit in the building right now. And I walk, I'm looking, who's at the pulpit? Who's at the pulpit? And I look and I see the evangelist that I have such high respect for even now. Um, I just have so much respect for this evangelist. I've seen him and I'm like, oh, he brought the fire. <laughs> He's the one who brought this ministry. But so in tune to where when you open the church doors, before you even get into the sanctuary, you can feel, you can pick up the spirit. There's times where, you know, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, I walked in and you could feel the, the, oh, I hate to say it this way. No, I'm not going to say it that way. <clears throat> you, you, you catch, you can look into the eyes of the minister and you know that they have a word from God and you you can lock in and literally it felt like I begin to drift like foot by foot down, 16 feet down into the spirit. It felt so weird. Spirit world. I know some of you guys are like, oh, this dude's getting crazy. But 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 to where and then it locks in on where the spirit of God It's like there's a channel that flows of the spirit of God underneath the entire building. Right, and you sink down, and you lock into it. And I literally remember, God, this is my responsibility 
That preacher's preaching. He can only do so much. I lock in. I'm locked in with this man of God. And I'm going to bring this, the spirit of God to the best of my ability, bring it up to the surface. And I remember I got one of my closest friends literally was making fun of me because in that service, I gave myself to breaking open that the thing that that minister was trying to get through. And I literally remember crawling on my hands and knees and he ended up making fun of me a little later, you know, to me. So, you know, at least he didn't do my back, behind my back. But I literally remember I was crawling to the altar in intercession, attempting to break this for the church. Oh, just hardcore spiritual stuff. And all that came because spiritual authority. Because I had a prayer life of an hour a day, just an hour, not 15, not 20 hours, an hour a day. I got all my junk and all my personal stuff like out of the way early, earlier in the day in my afternoon prayer time. And then during service on a midweek or Sunday or whatever, I remember there was a time where I was on a fast. Oh, these are awesome times. I got to do like it's a testimony podcast. But there's a time. Oh, okay, so if you guys like like what I said about the spiritual authority, you guys can go to click off. I'm just going to start telling testimonies because like, oh, I love this stuff. Oh, but number time where I was on a, like I was on like the third or fourth day of the fast, and my belt was falling off, and I'm walking in in, in the into the the church, and the usher looking at me like, hey, are you okay? Like. They think like some illness got me. I said, no, I want to fast and I just keep going. They're like, oh, oh, okay, I got you. I walk in, I hear a voice or I feel a direction. I look at a, a young man sitting over there in the Holy Ghost speaks. I want to give him the Holy Ghost today. And so I was like, ooh, because you have faith in God because your flesh is so low. I go up to a buddy, the same buddy who ended up making fun of me. And I was like, hey, bro. I said, see that dude over there? He said, yeah, I see him. I said, man, God wants to, God just, the Holy Ghost just told me, I want to fill him with the Holy Ghost this morning. Literally, like before I even got to that dude, I wanted to lay, I wanted to be the one <laughs> to lay my hands on him, but <laughs> I couldn't get to him before he started talking in tongues. Literally that morning, the Holy Ghost filled him with his spirit. And I was like, dude, this feels tight. Like you, when you're, and it was like the fourth day of a fast. So when you're on that, like when your flesh is low and you had hours and hours, literally months, like 30 hours a month, right? Of prayer you know, uh, just hundreds of hours just accumulated, you get to this place in God where it's like, dude, this stuff is so tight. I remember I would literally like go to the altars and I'll be, oh man, dude, just pacing, waiting for the Holy Ghost to move. The Holy Ghost, okay, pray for him. Boom. So I go on and pray for him. Back up. Okay, it's done. So you're, you're, you're done. And I'll walk away. And that was kind of one of the season where people were like, you know, they, they'll call me goody, goody, you know, goody two shoes. And then, you know, when they need a breakthrough in the altar, they're like, literally people pulling me like, hey, come over here. It's so funny. But that's the price I had to pay. And I was willing to pay that price because I have those testimonies. Literally, there's time where I felt like there was like this this cloud over sanctuary. And like there's this, I was doing my best to pull down what was in the heavens to break. And literally, I remember uh pastor both at pastor and bishop at the time were like go if you'll go if you'll go <laughs> because the, the power of god like you're when you're that asset to a church it's good stuff so spiritual authority stay and submit it have a teachable spirit it's good stuff um it it, it doesn't it doesn't steer you wrong it can't because you're you're in in you're in tune with the spirit. There's times where there's a kind of went through a dry spell, and I remember I go to this event, 
And I'm like, okay, God, you know, for a fact, you know, a few things about, you know, praying. And I, I saw my prayer life, but it wasn't where, well, anyway, there's this stuff, right? It was a little dry spell, not spiritually, but in regards to like prayer and fasting and altar working and stuff like that. It wasn't that I was, you know, flaking or whatever, you know, in my walk with God or I was wishy-washy. By the grace of God, I've never been um, wishy-washy. Um, but I remember I was like, okay, God, I need, you know, I just want to see, you know, do I still got the gifts? Right? I was like, let's go. I just want to try it out. Not try it out, but like it gets to that place where you're like, dude, I kind of want to see what's going on. Anyway, so, um, and literally I was like, okay, God, I'm going to give myself to doing what I know, know to do best. And that's to help carry the service, right? Through in the spirit, not through music or anything like that. So I'm praying, I'm praying. And literally I see, I, oh man, it was awesome. We go to the altar kind of before service and I'm sitting there and, and I turn to this kid and you, just by spiritual discernment, I was like, this dude doesn't have the Holy Ghost. So I walk over to him. This is like while the service is like like the worship set. And I'm like, hey, bro, do you want the Holy Ghost? I'm trying to get him prayed through before. <laughs> I'm trying to get him prayed through before, uh, before, you know, service, right? And so he's like, no. And I was like, see, God was right. Like, yeah, hold on. You know, and so I was like, okay. So I started walking him through. And as I'm walking through, you know, it was like, you know, someone took the mic and started talking. And I was like, oh, man, I want to pray this dude through. I said, bro, God's going to give you the Holy Ghost, you know, encouraging him. Then I go back to my pew and I'm like, dude, God, I, I, like, I still got it. Yeah. Like, listen, listen, God starts you where you left off. Okay. Don't think you got it. Like, you, you know, you back up and stuff like that. No, nine times out of 10, you keep a pure heart and everything. And you don't do anything like super crazy or nothing. God starts you where you, where you left off. Right. <clears throat> And so I go to that and I'm like, God, this is so tight. I'm, I'm just juiced. I'm amped. And so I'm like, okay. So I, I lock in. I begin to pray and intercede, start slipping in intercession. And I see the, the there's like, and this sounds so weird. I can't believe I'm sharing this stuff with you guys. It's because it's late. Anyway, I see this. Um, I see the altar and almost like there is a, a an opening. Like there's like a cave that was dug below the altar. And I see it like kind of carved out. And I'm, I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, and I'm seeing, and I see uh, that there was, what was it? There was, um, not, not redemption or like no reconciliation, but there was like a mending to, to I, can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was instantly, okay, God, that's what you want to do in the service tonight. So I was like, okay, so I'm praying, I'm praying for that, praying for the will of God, praying for the will of God. Preacher comes up, guess what he preaches? The same thing, the R word, I forget what it was, redemption or something like that, the same thing that I felt in prayer, he begins to preach about. The entire, and I'm going up there, I'm like, oh yeah, we is on, like, it's on like Donkey Kong, right? I'm like, yeah, let's go. So in the altar, um, you know, I was praying with people and stuff like that, but uh, uh, because God, you know, he wanted to do something. So when you're sensitive to God, Right. So when I talk about prayer and fasting, I'm not talking about, you know, don't think of it all like, oh, you know, oh, our father and our in heaven, hallowed be thy what name. You're looking at your clock. And like, okay, let's go. No, you can go places in God when you have that spiritual authority. I'm talking about deep places, like really cool type places. One more testimony. I'll end with this. I remember I was going to a conference and I was on like a three day fast for the conference. It was a good thing that that happened. That I went on that fast, even though after I was like, why did I fast for this? <laughs> But, you know, before uh, youth conference and stuff, I'd go on a three-day fast. Now I was tearing myself up. I did not know how to fast. Back then, I was just like, no food. 
But man, there's times like my dad had to care, help me, you know, walk from where I was at. So like, it was horrible. I just killed myself on fast. Right. I didn't know how to do it right. Maybe my body wasn't used to it. But anyway, um, uh, and I went on this fast and I'm doing the dishes because I had to do the dishes before we left. And we left like it was like you guys know when you guys are packing super late for conference. Well, it was like 12 o'clock at night. And I'm over there, I'm praying while I'm doing the dishes, you know, I'm, I'm, I just ended my fast or something like that. And all of a sudden, the power of God falls on me while I'm doing the dishes. And I'm like, you know, I start talking in tongues. I'm like, yeah, praying. My sister's over there. She's like in the living room. She hears me. She's like, okay, I'm just going to leave and be. So I'm sitting there, I'm talking in tongues and praying. And, I, and all of a sudden, I see this vision. And the vision, I'm in the sanctuary of this conference. And on the left side, on the right side, there's two angels. Yeah, I hope you guys don't think I'm crazy. You guys are going to unsubscribe. Like, yeah, was nuts. And so I see these two, like, for real, like, don't unsubscribe. Fall. I promise. Like, I promise I'm not weird. And I'm probably going to get slayed for that. <laughs> not slayed, but, you know, people aren't going to like this. Anyway, I see these two angels, and they, they're flying around. They're in a, in a, it's like this beautiful figure just going around. And in the sanctuary, I see all these young people praying. And what was that? That was, uh, it was... There's a key. They had keys in their hands as they were flying around, and it was like lib- liberation or something like that. That I knew, like, okay, that's the first thing God wants to do when this preacher gets to the pulpit. <clears throat> and I knew, you know, we knew the lineup and everything. And I'm seeing, I loved it. I was just like looking, like in the spirit, like wow, like I'm just seeing this stuff. I'm like, oh, I love it. Anyway, so that night when packing, I'm like, oh, I got a word from God. I'm super excited. So I went to my friend, same friend who made fun of me. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so I went to him. And I was like, yo, bro. I said, I know what the first message is going to be at this conference. And he's like, what? And I'm like, it's going to be about like freedom or liberation. Liberation. I think it was liberation. Liberation. I said, yeah, because I seen that. I told him exactly what I saw. Well, guess what? We mosey our way down to the conference and I and preachers preaching everything. He preached exactly. It's I didn't read his notes. No one took a picture of it, texted it. Hey Abe, go check this out. He preached exactly liberation. He was all over it. He was talking to young people. He was blah 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 blah. And so after the after that conference, we're in the hotel room, you know, like guy and girl stuff. Like I like I love super spiritual stuff, but I you know I I get down with the guy and the girl stuff too. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking. Okay, not trying to bust on the homies, but the homies are talking about this girl, that girl, da 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 da. How they had you know good time. And so I see you know I'm at that point I was uh you know in a room with like like four or five dudes and they're talking. So I pull the other dude to the side. I'm like, you know he's he's on the same bed as I am. We're just kind of sitting there and. You know, still kind of in our church clothes and everything. And I look at him, I said, hey, bro. I said, you know what the message was about, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, liberation. He's like, yeah, liberation. I was like, and I tell you, didn't I tell you, like, on our way here that it was going to be about that message? He said, whoa. He's like, yeah, exactly. I said, bro, that's what prayer does, man. That's fasting. That's being in tune with the Spirit. And if we can get more young apostolics like that, I didn't tell him this, but I'm telling you now, my fire starting friend. We could do a whole lot. We can do a whole lot for heaven. And that's my goal, is to get that stuff to you guys. Because if we had young apostolics operating like that, just imagine an entire like group of young apostolics in a in a, in a church. 
that operated in the gifts, were submitted to their pastor, submitted to their parents, had spiritual formation, was, were winning souls, knew how to win souls, had their finances together, knew, like, knew how to adult, right? We'd be pretty bad. <laughs> We'd be pretty bad. God can trust it with a whole lot. You know, had their lusts under control. <clears throat> under control. We would be, we would be, we would see revival, guys. We would see so much revival. It would be ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. I'm super stoked, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to sleep, but I want to wake up at 3.30. <sighs> anyway, um, that's all I got. <laughs> Spiritual authority and testimonies. It's a great deal. Dude, that makes me excited about prayer. Like, I want to, like, hurry up and wake up. Like, I'm going to wake up so juiced and so, like, ah, tomorrow. Like, I'm be like, God, hello, how'd you do? <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> it's been a long time since we talked. It's been, like, what, two two days? I was, yesterday, that was last night. I was, like, on my face, tears streaming down my face, praying and interceding. And it's like, God. And this morning I was praying trying to get direction and stuff like that but that's the good stuff about it listen your prayer life you're not always going to be on cloud nine you just got to be opened to god that's all you got to be man this makes you want to fast even though my flesh doesn't want to fast anyway okay guys that's all i got i'm gonna go to sleep good night love you guys you guys are awesome fire starters i'm gonna give you guys to the best of my ability in very soon upcoming aptitude material i'm gonna give you guys what like how i got there okay and we're gonna do it in an awesome way um man i wish i wish everyone caught it i'm thinking about so many young people i wish they caught it but they got distracted uh they got distracted man so anyway, love you guys. You guys are awesome. But now, like, I I was thinking about them because at some point, like, I was I was trying to give it to them, but things happen, didn't take it. So now I'm like, and God pointed me to in your guys' direction. So if you listen to this podcast and you're kind of new to the Yappa fam, the whole fire starters, the whole Yappa movement, um, my responsibility is to get you guys that stuff, and not in a flamboyant ostentatious look at me type way i had seven years on the mount i remember this one uh, lady in our church um i want to say she was like a prophetess or something but when she spoke you she was she was someone you want to listen to she said boy she said you've been you've had you you've had you've what she said you've slayed your bear you slayed your lion he said you've been on the backside of the desert and I'm like, oh, why are you saying this? I don't want to face no Goliath. <laughs> but I've been, I've been like in no man's land for quite some time, and now I believe it's my responsibility and how God has raised up Yapa two thirty eight to uh, get that to you guys. So I'm gonna do it by the grace of God. And uh, yeah, love you guys. I know I'm like kind of keep saying love you guys, but anyway, be a fire starter. Join the Yapa fam. Join the Yappa 238 movement. Like, become a part of it, guys. Because it's not to glorify any man. This is not, you know, to say that, look what I've done. I I have enough confidence in what God has already invested into me and what my parents have invested into me 
that I could do something else and be really, really successful with it just because of everything I know. But I'm applying it to Yappa and keep myself, my my little, you know, seat in God's seat, not pursuing, uh, you know, th- things of this world because this world's uh, going to pass away anyway. So, um, and there's, a, I get a lot, I get a, a ton just rubbing shoulders with people. Kids, you got, you got something. Keep doing what you're doing, kid. You're going places and stuff like that, right? And by the grace of God, well, I see worldly people tell me that. And they're like, you need to do, you know, follow your dreams, follow your passions. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus has me in this seat. And this is what I'm passionate about. And though we haven't taken over the world just yet as the Apple fam, we will. Um, so I'm not doing it for anything, uh, by the grace of God. Um, and I hope, you know, it just stays that way. <laughs> I'm not doing it for any man or any, you know, glory like that. Okay, guys, it's getting late. I feel like I'm talking on the phone right now instead of uh, doing a podcast. <laughs> Anyway, love you guys. Um, stay prayed up, you know. Seriously, stay prayed up. Follow the app two thirty eight. Get a hold of our prayer stuff. Start applying it because I'm I'm showing you like literally step by step what I've done in order to get to a prayer life, um, where I was able to operate in, in the gifts of the spirit. Almost every gift, healings, miracles. I've seen miracles, signs, prophecy, discerning of spirits. Man, um, man, yeah, I think I think almost all of them because it's the self same spirit. But and then I can start telling you guys like some of those super uber personal testimonies where I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm, it's my time for me to go because I just discerned something. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait, ah, oh, dude. So I want to get you guys there. I want to get like a hundred thousand young people like that because then we'll just the rapture will happen super quick because we'll be tearing up hell. <laughs> will be destroying oh man that'd be great so pray for me because <laughs> just pray because when you know anyway just pray i uh, love you guys um okay i really do i've said it like so many times but i'll see you guys in the next podcast subscribe follow yeah particular dates coming for the world by the grace of god and only by his grace in jesus name amen <laughs> okay love you guys god bless in jesus name